this man called Nestus to be much in prayer for him. That uh, his wife, mother's ill. She's an invalid in bed. But uh, she don't want his wife to leave her side, period. And go nowhere, do anything. She wants to ride there by her side all the time. And he said, Pastor, it's just getting to the place that we have no life. Uh, and I don't know how to explain that to my wife or how to make a difference, but uh, just he asked us to be much in prayer for them. So remember them, if you would, please, that God will take care of them. I, uh, I want to read some first. In Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm beginning to read verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which is first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the worlds to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the Son of Man that thou visit him? Thou madest him a little lower than angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should save death for every man. Pray with me. Father, I pray tonight that you will help us to see the importance of the gospel and getting it out, getting the story of the death and the burial and resurrection of our dear Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, and how important that is. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, man called me just this morning, and he said, I, I just want to thank you for the service, and he was talking to me about the service. And I said, uh, why don't you all come back to church? And he said, well, we live a little distance off now, and and we go into this big church. And and uh, he said, but Brother Strong, he said, they're not preaching the gospel. They're not. They're preaching different. Uh, I said, "Well, what are you going there for?" He said, "Well, you don't understand. I guess he said, I got two daughters, and and uh, they got programs for them, big programs and big outings for our kids. They take care of our children on outings and programs for them all the time." And I said, "Well, we got Sunday school. We got things here for our kids, and um, and he knows that." But he said, not like they give there. And I, I got off the phone, I got thinking about this very seriously. There's not a program in the world to keep you out of hell. 
And there's not a program in the world to take you to heaven. I was so thankful <clears throat> Sunday that I got to baptize my kids, my grandkids. And every one of them has come to the age of accountability so far, has gotten saved. Their dad and moms has led them to the Lord. And, uh, and, and so every one of them is to the place that they understand the gospel. And even little Evelyn now, your mother's teaching to say, Amen. And, and that tickles me to death. And I'm so glad she's being uh, church taught, is what our church language, and talk in that direction. But uh, it really bothered me to think that here's a man that knows to do right. He knows what's right. He knows right for his family and everything else, but he's more interested in, and I'll use it this way, in an entertainment of his family, entertainment of his family and taking care of their entertainment, and he is sitting under the preaching of the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit deal with him. And I, I, this is the way I feel about preaching and church. Did you know I, I like to think, and I was brought up in a church, that we started on time, the music was right, everything was just right. I mean, bam, 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 bam. Big choir, big special music, great piano, organ, everything was just right. But you know what? I'd rather have just plain out old service of the Lord and confusing things not going just right. Sunday morning, you cannot believe what all happened here. I mean it. I, it was the most ridiculous thing I ever ever been in my life to see some of the things that happened here. I knew that I'd talked to Lynn one time about, boy, I'd like to have uh, bagpipes played at my funeral. I thought I was dying when that man come in. I, I didn't know what in the world. Now, you'd have had to been here and seen this. I looked over at Ronnie. He had took a seat over there. And uh, he looked toward me. What is that, preacher? Because <laughs> when you crank up bagpipes, they make a horrible noise. And that thing started off, and then he started playing, and I knew then what it was. Lenin got it for my birthday. And uh, But I said, man, what a way to start off. And then the air conditioner got stuck on freezing everybody to death. I ain't kidding you, man. It was so cold. I'm sitting up there. I don't know how I'm going to preach. I can't even get on. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And Ronnie told me, my fingers were so cold I couldn't even play the guitar. <laughs> and, and, and then somebody went out there and run over a septic tank line and brought it, got that messed up and was hung up on it. And Jacob and my son had to go out there and get them off of that and then run into just on and on and on it happened. And you know what? I'd rather have that. And the Lord bless. And everything goes just right. Now you listen just very carefully. Verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. Notice this verse. says, How shall we escape? Now, if we are to be concerned about escape, there must be something then that we are to escape from. There must be something bad, and I don't want to experience that. There must be something awful, and I don't want to go through it. And God's Word tells us there's a way of escape that that awful thing, whatever it is that the Bible is speaking of, and we know it is hell. 
Now, how shall we escape this awful place called hell if we neglect God's great salvation? Now, a lot of people say, I don't believe in hell. Now, how can I go to a place I don't even believe in? And I told a man this one time when he was talking to me about that, I said, don't ask you something. Uh, go stand on a railroad track and say, I don't believe in trains and see if it happen to you. A train's going to run over you. Amen? So, here it is then. Here's a wonderful thing about this verse. This is this. God gives us a means of escape. Not, note the words if you would believe. How shall we escape if? Now, if is a big word here, although it only contains two little letters. If I do this, it will turn out that way. Notice it's a pivotal word in our lives in. Meaning we need to be very careful about what we do. Now note again, how shall we escape if we neglect? Did you notice it didn't say reject? It just simply said neglect the salvation. Meaning most people don't end up in hell because they reject the fact that God is because they reject the fact that heaven is or reject the fact that hell is. Most people go to hell because they neglect it. Most people that I've ever talked to believe there is a God. They believe there is a heaven. They believe there is a hell. They believe the Bible is the Word of God. And uh, I even believe that a lot of people believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins and was buried and rose again the third day. Now, most people will not end up in hell because uh, they reject these facts, but note it's because they neglect these facts. They believe everything yet said, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to get saved. I'm not ready just now. Just put it off until some other time. And I, I've thought about this a many times. There's two friends of ours that we knew for years. They moved off. As long as we've known them, they were friends of ours for years and years. And we would call them and say, Will y'all come on and go out to eat with us? No, we can't. We can't afford to go out to eat. Now, both of them had good paying jobs. And they had plenty of money. And they said, he'd always tell me, we don't have any money. And I said, what are you talking about? What do you all do with your money? We put it in the bank. When we put it in the bank, it ain't ours. We gonna, one of these days, we're going to retire, and then we'll start living. Well, both of them retired. They moved up to a home, got them a little place up on in, in Georgia there, and moved up there, and just a little while later, she got cancer died. Right after that, he's got all kind of health problems. They can't go and they can't do anything. And all the time, they are not enjoying life as God gives it to them. As they go through life, they're planning on doing something. And I think about that a great deal when it comes to salvation. I know so many people, I'm going to get saved one day. One of these days I'm going to accept Christ. One of these days I'm going to let God mean something in my life. But not right now. And they put it off. And after a while your life is gone. Then you can't even enjoy the goodness of the Lord like you could when you was younger. Now, suppose you fell into a river and you can't swim. And I've done that. And you say, like me, somebody save me. 
Now, it wouldn't be important to you if they responded, I'll get around to it sometime. You think about how simple that statement is. You drown him. And as you're going under enough, coming up and you help me, somebody say, I'll help you now, but I'll get around to it sometime. Suppose you were trapped in a burning 10-story building. The fire truck drove up, he arrived, he got out the hose, then he got out the ladder, then he just took a look around, then he hooked up the water to the hose, no hurry at all. But the person that's in the burning builders is interested in one thing, save me from burning right now. Now save, salvation cares with it, this is an emergency. And when the, a building is gone, and you with it, it's too late. Now, when God used the word salvation in this verse, He chose it very carefully. Simply because He wants us to understand that the, uh, this thing is getting ready for heaven is emergency. It's not something I can play around with. Now, sometime, uh, something else I want to give you is how shall we escape? Now this verse says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How shall we escape if we treat this emergency indifferently? If we act like it's no big deal? The answer, of course, is you cannot. People go to hell never expecting to go there. Now, again, this book, God's salvation, is so great because it was purchased at so great a price. Now, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I tell people this all the time, and I mean it according to Scripture. As I read the Bible, you ain't got to do anything to get saved. You ain't got to give up anything to get saved. Jesus has done it all. Now, it ain't going to cost you nothing to get saved then, but it costs God everything. It costs God His dear beloved Son. Jesus said, I came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. God gave His Son, and Jesus laid down His life, but not for just some people, not for just good people, but He gave His life for bad people and sinners and whosoever will. Greater love has no man than this, than He laid down His life for a friend. And God and Jesus did exactly that for us sinners. God's salvation is so great because it provides so great deliverance. The Bible plainly teaches that it is a little hell that's burning with a lake of fire. Luke 16, the rich man died and went there, tormented in flame, and he'd do anything for just a drop of water to cool his tongue with. Revelation 21, verse 8, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a sick of death. And hear what I'm talking about. I'll never understand anybody that wants to go down there with that crowd. Think about it. Anybody that wants to go down there, there's something wrong with it. Look what you're going to be with for all eternity. God's salvation is so great because it was purchased at so great a price, number one. But number two, it provides so great deliverance. I'm going to be out of it. I'm going to be away from this mess. It's in the world one of these days. 
then God's salvation is so great because of the great inheritance that it provides. <clears throat> it delivers me from hell, but it also gives me an inheritance in heaven. Now listen very carefully. A place where a pearl is a gate thereof. I forgot who it was the other day. Called me and was talking to me. And they, they said, Pastor? Oh, it was a lady that was in, that she was asking me questions about the book that she was writing. And she said, would you explain some, and she'd asked me these questions to explain from the Bible. She said, can you describe heaven to us? And I said, I can. Out of the scriptures. And I said, God used language that we could understand. Now, where the holy city, heaven is going to have one great pearl as the gates are not actual pearls or not, I think it is, because the Bible says so. But a pearl is a beautiful thing. And then he describes the walls of jasper and, and diamonds and the streets of gold. And you know what? You can't understand the Shekinah glory of God. But I can understand that. I said, you ever take a real precious diamond? I mean one expensive diamond and take that little thing and look through it and they'll get you to look down through it. That's the most beautiful thing. Right down through the center of that diamond. And God used that to describe heaven. You think about it. That's what heaven's going to be like. It's undescribable. And I think about it a great deal. A place where no sickness is, no sin is, no tears, no heartaches, no death will ever be there according to Revelation 21. And God has provided us a place there through His Son. One other thing. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The answer, of course, you can't. No one knows how long they will live. God said, Behold, now is accepted time. Today is a day of salvation. And nobody that I've ever met yet plans on going to hell. They don't plan on going to hell. They just neglect it. I'm going to get right one of these days with God before I die. Now, how shall we escape with neglect so great salvation? You can't do it. And this this is the thing that I that I wanted you to see tonight. After talking to this man and talking about his, his children and being provided in the church he's going to, and, and listen to this. I said, tell me something. Why don't your pastor preach the Word of God and leave it alone just like it is and preach the truth of hell and heaven and people need to get saved? He said, I'll tell you the truth, preacher. we got a lot of rich people that go to our church and he don't want to step on their toes because they won't give to the church. I said, what are you doing there? And I'm, I'm serious about this thing. I had a man who used to come to this church, was an engineer, and he went and joined First Baptist Church of Brandon. I said, why did you do that? Did I preach something? No, I'm going to go down there and get more uh, customers. I can get more business there. Now listen to me. The greatest thing could happen to you or anybody else in this world and for your children and your family is to sit under the preaching of the gospel that you might understand this is an emergency. This is something serious. This is something you can't escape if you neglect it. And you can't go around it. And you've got to understand something. When the Bible says something, it means it. And that we need that. 
I told somebody the other day, they were talking about, man, I wish to, I could get rid of all my pain. I said, not me. No, I appreciate pain. And I mean this. You think about it. If you laid your finger up on a, a burning stove and it didn't burn, it'd burn your finger off. I thank God I got pain. Amen? Now, I don't want to suffer like I see a lot of people suffer. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I don't want to be completely free of pain. I want to experience whatever God gives me in my life that I can learn from it. And if I see something that hurts me, I'm not going back there again. Amen? I, I read about this man, I, I didn't read about it, the man over my late prophet, I told you that, that, that limb hit him in the eye and went through his eye and his brain and killed him. It was one of them sticker palm trees. Killed him instantly. Oh, and it was more than yard. You know what I did? I'm going to cut down all my bougainvilles. <laughs> I ain't going to get hit by one of them things, amen? I don't want a thorn to hit me. Yeah, if I go pick a rose and it's got a bunch of thorns and it pricks me one time, that's enough of that stuff, amen? I learned from it. And, and here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When God's Word speaks against hell and against the devil and his angel and all the things that's going to hell and get rid of this mess on this earth, that's an emergency. That's something that's got to be considered now. It's not something, I'll get my kids grown up and then they'll go for their own. No, you take your kids and teach them now. Get them under the preaching of the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit deal with them. Oh, I forgot to tell you another thing that happened Sunday. We got here early, and there's a little old man come out there in the vestibule of the church, and he said, open the front doors, and he said, oh, y'all, come on in. We're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting here today, brother. The Holy Ghost is here today. Y'all, come on in. Now, he's in the I said, sir, move over. <laughs> and then he come over. Then he asked you, Mary, is this church going to be one of them Holy Ghost places that we're going to be able to speak in tongues? Afterwards, he come up to me and said, Thank you, preacher, for preaching the truth. He did. He kind of, I said, Boy, something happened for you from that front door to the front pew. Amen. God's good. Amen. The old devil will fight every time you try to do something for the Lord. But you know what, folks? I'd rather have the devil fighting every minute of the day and still have the blessing of God on my life and still understand the truth. The most important you can thing you can do in this life is get saved and get ready to go to heaven. Don't neglect God's salvation. Let's stand. Father, you're so wonderful to us and you've been so good. But what of those blessings is not good enough for now. We need your blessings on us now. We need your care now. And we ask you for it every day of our life. Bless us, dear Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.